Welcome to Ideas on Trial. I'm your host, Leopold Ajami, and I have with me my co-host, Ricardo Pinto. We continue with our mini-series, In Focus. Our focus today is still on conversations, but we will be exploring a very sensitive and undisputed idea, which is, if I'm using a word, it means I know it. If I'm talking about something, it means I really know it. And what we want to do is not simply challenge that, but really present to you the possible dangers on your mental health and ultimately your life. Because at the end of the day, we think in words, in concepts, and as such, we are as good as the concepts we use. Now, before we kickstart the episode, don't forget to check our online course on creativity and conversations called Supersonic Creativity. We will be putting a link to the course in the episode description, or you can find it at our academy website, novelphilosophy.academy. Okay, so hello, Ricardo. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So again, we have an interesting undisputed idea, which is if I'm using a certain concept, it means I know it. You want to expand a little bit on that? Yes, though I have a question for you first, Yeah, which is, how do you think people hold this idea? Where can you see this in, in real life? Because it, it's a weird undisputed idea. It's not like, you know, gratitude that we should wake yeah. up every day giving thanks. But we're, we're saying something about the way people function in their thinking and in their communication. So yeah. where do you see this problem arising? Well, it's simple. For example, if you're talking with someone about, let's say, friendship or freedom or diversity or any other concept. I mean, most of the times we assume that, one, we are both using the term in the same way and that we understand it in the same way. And two, we assume that we actually know the concept. We know what friendship means or leadership means or diversity means. So I think... It's very visual, right? And you see it in a conversation sometimes that I I might be talking about freedom and I mean something, but then you answer me and it seems to me as if you're talking about something completely different. And from my observation, I think most of the time we fail in, in these conversations because we actually don't either define our words or agree on what we mean exactly by the words we're using. So I think it... On the one hand, it's lack of clarity and a lack of clarity, yeah. which is common, normal and expected, even in, in ourselves, I think, sometimes. Yeah. But on the other hand, I think there is a, a kind of fear involved there. And even if it's sometimes not explicit, but it's a fear to contradict current conceptions or notions that are prevalent in society. So I, I think this is particularly true when it comes to political concepts, which most of them are undisputed. So if you think about a concept like democracy, everybody, almost everybody claims to be in favor of democracy. But when you analyze what each person or each author thinker means by it, they advocate radically different policies and policies that are not necessarily in favor of freedom, which you think as a 
crucial element of, of democracy or as they intend to communicate it. But even with simpler concepts like opportunities, again, everybody's in favor of more and greater opportunities in society. But when you analyze what people mean by opportunities, they could either mean more freedom, more legal room for pursuing your dreams and your ambition on, on your own, or they could even mean coupons, free stuff. Can you tell me, Ricardo, the, in your view, why do you think yeah. doing such an exercise of, of clarifying our thoughts and, and reaching a common ground, for example, on what, what, what do we mean by democracy, let's say, or opportunity. Why is that important? What, what does it do to us mentally and, and in yeah. general in our life? Well, I think it's important because it's an issue of self-respect. Mm. And if you think about it, conversations are a grounds for displaying the sound of your character. Yeah. How you sound, how your voice is projected outwards. And what I mean by this is that you can, you can use these opportunities to show the very qualities that characterize you, such as your intelligence, such as your sensuality. We were discussing how now you can come across as sensual or not sensual during a conversation. And it's a quality that if you have, it's worth displaying. But also virtues like clarity, the mental clarity of your concepts, of your convictions. And I brought self-respect because I think that that no man is better than the quality of his concepts. No man is better than the quality of his concepts. And if you don't have a clear idea, and this is a topic we've explored before, of what you stand for, of your very projects, your very plans in life or in any movement you're involved, then you're not advocating for anything. You're wandering around and you can uh, immerse yourself in, in big trouble or in playing confusion. So I think that striving, working hard to define your concepts, to define your standards, to define what you stand for is the ultimate act of self-respect. Yeah. Do you think this is a, a fair representation or a fair case for it? Absolutely. And I think that it's something we really have to work hard to achieve. You know what? I want to tell you a story that I actually turned into a whole principle that I conduct sometimes in my workshops. Not, not in the course, not in supersonic creativity, but when I do some talks sometimes on education and stuff like that. Anyway, I call the principle the queen's hole, like the rabbit's hole. And the story goes like this. I remember when my daughter was a couple of months old, like five months, I think. I remember seeing my wife sitting on the floor and having fun with her and trying to teach her the alphabet. And she was holding all these flashcards. Uh, you know, one card is for A. And A is for apple. And then you have B. And B is for ball. And C or K. And K is for cat. And then you move on, on and on, right? And she kept on doing all this un until she reached Q. And then reading from the flashcard, she said Q is for queen. What? 
I screamed. <laughs> and my wife looked at me and she's like, what's happening? I go, what? No, no, no. What's that? What's queen? She's like, well, what's happening? <laughs> and I was furious. You know, uh, thinking about it now, I think I, I overreacted. But you see, the reason why I got furious is because I saw that there's something conceptually wrong happening here. I mean, how is my daughter supposed to understand the concept queen? She's five months old. Apple is something concrete. She can observe it. She can touch it. She can eat it. Ball is something concrete. But queen is an abstract word. She really can't understand it without understanding a human and grasping the difference between humans and animals and between man and women. And she has to understand society and what is a government and that there's different political class and then she even have to to understand the whole concept of divine rights of kings and that in one period of time there used to be kings and queens and ooh, there's a whole lot of concepts that she needs to grasp first in order to understand the concept queen now guess what and i want to raise this question is this how we've been learning to understand concepts? What would happen to my daughter if she understood the concept queen as, let's say, a, a woman wearing a tiara? Well, first, it's not the truth. Not all women who wear tiara are queens. Two, it's a very superficial understanding of the concept. Now, imagine if that's how we're learning, and in many respects we are. That's, that's one of the main fault of our education system, is that we don't follow a certain hierarchy of knowledge. And that's why we reach a place where we say, what is a leader? Well, it's, you know, someone who leads people, and some, sometimes he's very oppressive or whatever. And that's it. What is education? Well, you know, it's going to school and memorizing and being bored and getting grades and you know you you get education so you can find a job hmm. and what is love well you know love is is a blind passion that you can't explain and you only feel and blah 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 and that's how we end up not owning the content of our minds and that goes to the point that you were making because in order to achieve self-respect, one of the key component is owning the content of your mind. And it's owning the method by which you achieve and understand the content of your mind. Yeah, and think about the concept you've been using. You mentioned love, you mentioned friendship. Those are very important notions around which we make some of the most important choices of our lives. Like, no less than the person we choose to marry with. And if we accept the prevalent notion, which might be right or wrong, but the issue is if you accept it blindly, then you might end up wrecking your life because that's the consequences of yeah. using and embracing a ill-formed concept or a floating concept that you haven't reached for yourself. One of the worst ways to disrespect yourself to disrespect that faculty, which is your mind, is to accept an idea because someone with authority says it to you, right? And, and 
I understand why for so many people they won't think about it this way. Like, why is that not self-respect? And I want to ask you that question. I would like you to explore it. Like, why do you think if we don't own the content, if we don't own the concept that we're using, why do you think that would be a form of disrespect? Of self-debasement, right? Yeah. Right, because you live by your mind. And your actions, again, your choices depend on the contents and the methods you embrace. And in the end, the only choice you have is whether you will pursue a clear path of thinking to motivate your action and to inform your action, or you will let that to the decision of others. And, and this has big consequences because think about how, again, another concept you use, how people use the concept of education. Everybody, everybody is in favor of more, greater education, either in their country or around the world. But what they fail to see is that the problems of education are not problems in the resources, lack of resources, but about the very methods that sometimes you yourself may be promoting by your frozen concept of education. So I think that in for any conversation and in, in every thinking thinking process yeah thinking process to be productive you need to really give a thought to the what question what is education i'm not going to assume that Which... if i'm having a conversation with you i might request you can you define education for you what are the standards of a good education What does it involve? How can you form a curriculum around it? Yeah. You see where, where we're yeah. going? Yeah. And this is something we mentioned in, in the course, Supersonic Creativity, that we actually challenge the convention that you shouldn't actually start with why. I mean, as much as yeah. it, it's really important to start with, with why and understand your purpose, whether it, you're doing the exercise on yourself or on your brand or company, the first and most neglected question is, what is it? Not what, what is it? Because what is it is a question investigating the nature of something, the identity of something, right? Like, so when you're asking what is education, that should be your starting point. And often we take that for granted that I understand what is education. I understand what is love. Now let me go try and find it. I understand what is partnership. Now let me go and find a person to partner with. But we don't stop and go back and ask this fundamental question, which is, what is it? And if, if anyone who read philosophy, specifically Greek philosophy like Socrates, Aristotle and Plato, you would see that yeah. uh, method very dominant, whether explicit or implicit, that they're always trying to investigate the nature of something. What is justice, ask Socrates or Plato? What is piety? So there's always this kind of going back to understanding the nature of, of something in order for me to be able to say why, what, how, and when, and, and where, and whatever. And so, yeah. they revolutionize the whole field yeah, by asking absolutely. those questions, that question. But let me ask you this, Ricardo, because so many people, when I say that, at least so many people ask me, 
So wait a minute, are you asking me to become a walking dictionary? Like, do I have to hold the dictionary in my hand and just read the definition? Is this what we're saying? No, <laughs> that's a <laughs> short answer. But here's what I have in mind. We sometimes are, or it's easy to be precocious with the knowledge you already count on. Because you have knowledge, whatever tax you're doing, whatever project, whatever business idea you have in mind, you are counting on something. But sometimes we're precocious and we go fast to the how, when, where questions and never stop to revise the what question. So I think the, the what question, the question of definition, it's not merely finding the right formulation as you would find it in Wikipedia or in the Oxford dictionaries. It's something you have to work with. It's an idea in the making and that you should enrich, go back to as you gain more knowledge. So we were discussing how Simon Sinek, which is the, the proposer of this idea of start with the why, which, as we say, it's a very important question, a very useful question. Yeah, I, I was just listening to him and he, he said, quote, that every organization know what they do. No, they don't. <laughs> people don't know what they do some of the time and, and we have fresh direct evidence of that in our work at Novel Philosophy Academy I mean it's being a challenge and a work in progress to define what we stand for what we're doing what's our unique take on issues what's our in our very industry and yeah. that's not unique to us I, I think that's unique to any creative thinker Anyone who's proposing a new idea, a new vision, they have to work constantly on the what, the very what, forget the where, forget the how. The what is if it? If you don't have... Not just the what. Right. Yeah. Exactly. The what is it? And if you don't have that workout on some level, then you're going to be aimless, I think, in, in your projects. So I think that's that's a good exercise to make on your own. Yeah. Take take your project, take your business idea, take the article you want to write. And in one sentence, one sentence with no ends nor ors, no commas, hopefully. Just one sentence. Try to write what is it? What is it that I want to say? What is it that I want to have a business on? What is it, that creative idea that I want to develop? Try yeah. to do that. And you'll see that it's very challenging. And as you learn more, you might change some of, of the original formulation. It, it is actually. And I was just having a conversation with someone and, and I, I experienced that because she, she talked about sustainability. And I asked, what is sustainability? Uh, at least what perspective you, you want to highlight? And I got a different answer. Like I didn't have a clear perspective on it. And it's, you know what? It's, I think it's, I don't want to say it's normal, but I understand that because in many cases, we don't investigate our concepts out of either impatience, we don't have time or sometimes laziness or sometimes uh, out of error. We just don't have the method to do it. But I found that the most destructive reason 
is that many of us are satisfied with accepting words and conclusions and concepts from other people. So they, they take the ideas from other people, they accept it without doing the work to understand the steps that led to it, right? And I learned that one of the most important principles when asking what is it, is to have in the back of your mind the question, what does it depend on? So in order to understand leadership or friendship or love or diversity, always ask, what does it depend on? What's beneath it? Right? And, and somehow that's the meaning of the word to understand, right? It's to stand under the concept that you're discussing or using and see what gives rise to it. I'm thinking that life is not a quiz, like a quiz you mm. take at school, where you simply have to hit the right answer. Yeah. Sometimes the right definition, the right formulation of a proposed question. I mean, you might end up accepting the prevalent notion in society yeah. because simply because a lot of people of are using a certain concept doesn't give you an indication that is true or false. And there is no virtue in simply questioning for the sake of questioning. You want to question for the sake of knowledge, for the sake of reaching the truth. But it makes a big difference to know the process by yourself, to know that you know. And knowledge is never accidental. If it's true knowledge, and if it is to be of any value in your life and in your actions, is it's an achievement and a step-by-step -step process that there's no substitution for. You can Google the formulation, the definition, the standards, but if you didn't make your mind about it, then it will mean nothing to you. I love that because if I want to go back to the first point, I think that knowing what you know and knowing that you know it is the ultimate form of self-respect because you are respecting your mind. You're saying I'm committed to what I'm putting inside this box, which is my mind, if I can put it this way. Uh, and I think this is a good analogy. George Carlin once used the box analogy when he was talking about men and women. But really think about it. Think about your mind as a container full of boxes. And each time you're using a certain idea or a certain concept, you open that box and you work with it. So you open a box called friendship and then you open a box called organizations and happiness, another box called diversity, another box called love, another box called education. Now think about this. How would you feel if one day you open your closet and you found that your wardrobe is not yours? You don't like those shoes. They don't fit. They are not yours. This shirt is too colorful for you. Yet, guess what? You've been wearing them for so long. So what do you do? I mean, you'd go shopping, right? And that's somehow how concepts work. If you want to respect that mind that you have, which is your, your means of, of living and of enjoying life and of gaining values, then you have to respect the fact that you are actually the author or should be the author of these boxes.
And here lies the importance of concept. And I mean here, we're not asking you, and definitely I don't do it, to go and define every single concept you use. But at least you have to do it on the important things, on the important concept, on the concept that means something to you. Because it matters to your mental health. A healthy mind depends on what you know and how you know it, how, how you've reached that knowledge. And I think that's the important part. And then you know you're not an imposter to yourself and to your mm. mind. Mm. And, and you know, Ricardo, that's why I, I love conversation. Because it's like, it's, here's an arena that gives you an additional motive to open this closet of your mind and examine your mental wardrobe, right? If the clothes don't fit, go shopping. And guess what? Shop for the truth. Shop for reaching knowledge. And, and that's why I think we keep on stressing and we created these mini-series because conversation as such is underrated in terms of the value that you can get from it. We, you talked actually last time about the conversation with the taxi driver and how you were, how it motivated you to change I'm your mind. Fuming. <laughs> yeah, but I love yes. that because he used a, a proposition or an idea or whatever, and it made you think. And you went back home and you thought about it, right? And that's I yeah. think that's the value of it. I wanted to mention that because there is a redeeming quality to conversations. And to go back to this idea of conversations showcase the sound of your character, you sometimes say stupid things. I do all the time. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> even the even during is. this podcast, I, <laughs> I say stupid things and they, I feel killed. But that is normal. I mean, that is even healthy because you don't have to reach, you don't have to be eloquent 100% of the time. But what conversations allow you to do is to show you vividly what's inside your mind, how you're using that words, and how can you improve your performance for the next time. Yeah. So what could be the most useful next step that anyone listening can do to put in practice some of the ideas we've discussed today? Well, I, I would say always ask the question, what is it? And again, I would love to invite you all to check Supersonic Creativity on our website because it's a very simple tool, but it puts you immediately in a framework of investigating without annoying people, right? So you're yeah. investigating because you want to reach understanding. So always ask, when someone is talking about anything, even if you think you know what they're talking about, make sure not to assume, but to ask. Ask them, what is fill in the blank? If you're talking about leadership, ask them, what is leadership? How, how do you understand? Just I want to really clarify how you think about it. What is leadership? What is organization? What is strategy? Try it out. And please, I would love for all of you who are listening to us, I would love to hear your feedback on it. Try it a couple of times in the middle of a conversation and I promise you, you will see a difference. I mean, just before we close in and you say what you have to say, let me ask you this question, okay? Yeah. How many times, and please, Ricardo, I want you to be very honest, okay?
Okay, people are okay, listening. I want you to be very honest. How what many times? Okay, good. How many <laughs> times you really felt like an equestrable? What? Like, like an equestrable? I mean, Should I, I just made that? it up. <laughs> <laughs> the first question in in your mind is, what is he talking about? What? what, what I didn't hear him well. What is what is equestrable? I don't know what that. Right. So it's natural for us when we hear something that we we never heard before to ask, what is it? What is he talking about? But it's it's unfortunately not so natural to ask about the concept that we assume that we know. Let me make a point here, <laughs> because ahead, that, that was then. a that was a trap. And, uh, you know, you're just made up yeah. the word for for making your point. But we see life examples of whole movements, of whole intellectual movements, trying to trap people into guilt by the way they use concepts and the way they ask questions. Like, Absolutely. check your privilege. Your privilege. There is no way around that claim if you don't challenge the concept. And eventually, I think, if you reject it. But uh, do you see the... the And I, I'll give you another angle, because sometimes yeah. it, it depends who's saying the word. Like now, for example, the Taliban, I don't want to open that subject now, but now the Taliban are negotiating about women's rights. They're using concepts like freedom. Like, wait a minute, in what context you're using that concept? What do you mean by freedom? So, and that's why it can, and I love your example, sometimes it can be very, very dangerous to accept concepts without investigation. Or to pretend that we have an agreement when we don't have it at all. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So all right. Let's, let's it was a fun a discussion. Here. Yeah, that was that was uh, intense, actually. We're trying to make this episode mini, so-called, you know, as quickly as possible. Yeah, just no way. You, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we just want to give you some value and some practical tools that you can apply immediately after the the episode so hopefully that was helpful we're looking forward to hear your feedback and your thoughts don't forget to check our course uh, on novelphilosophy.academy the course is called supersonic creativity again we'll put a link and a gift like the last time inside the episode description and yeah thanks for listening and see you next week bye bye